the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. One of the more well-known parables found in Luke, the parable of the sower and the soils. That'll be our focus coming up next here on Truth For Today. The ministry of Valley Bible Church, right here in Hercules, this is Truth For Today. Hi there. Welcome to our Friday program. We're continuing with a series we recently started called The Parables of Luke. One of the more famous parables can be found here in chapter 8, verses 1 through 15. It's the parable of the sower and the soils. Who's who and what's what is up next. Join us with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Again, from Valley Bible Church in Hercules, here's our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. We come to Luke 8, the parable of the sower and four different soils. This is recorded in all three synoptic gospels, Matthew 13, Mark 4, Luke 8. We'll pick this up, but I want to set up the... uh, context for you, and it's best told in Matthew 13. Let me set this up for you, and then we'll look at it. Matthew 12, the Lord Jesus did something that was agreed upon by all the rabbis that only a man of God could do. He met a blind, mute boy that was demon-possessed. Christ cast out the demon, indisputably a handwork of God on this. Just cast that out, showing that he was Messiah, he could do this. Because this was one of the hardest cases to cure, according to rabbinic tradition. Well, after he does this miracle, instead of saying, this is of God, this is our man, The people say, you did that in the power of Satan. Satan enabled you to do that. God wasn't involved in that. Now, when their sons did it, God was involved. But the prejudice against Christ was so strong that when he did a clear work of God, a miraculous work, they said, no, you didn't. You did it by the power of Beelzebub. Christ said... You can accuse me any way you want, but I obviously was doing this in the power of the Spirit, and you've just blasphemed him. Let me tell you hearers here, Matthew 12, this generation that saw these miracles, you've just condemned yourself to hell because there won't be another chance. Pretty powerful chapter. Because you have clearly rejected a clear manifestation of God's power. Then he goes into chapter 13, and he begins to teach them in parables. And one of his purposes there, 
He said, I'm going to now teach you in such a way that you won't get what I'm saying. Because I'm going to fulfill Isaiah 6 prophecy that says, let them hear, but they won't hear. Let them not understand. Because now in chapter 13, God in judgment is doing something. When people don't give God a hearing, God is able to enable them to believe the lie and be damned. God doesn't owe you any second hearings. And where truth is not embraced and and wanted and valued, he fulfills Isaiah 6. We all say, here am I, Lord, send me out of Isaiah 6. I, I love that passage. God called me to preach on it. But I don't want his assignment. Go preach to Israel until their ears are deaf, their eyes are blind, and their hearts are hardened. It was a message of judgment. So in Matthew 13, he starts using the parabolic method here, especially to people who rejected him. And he said, I'm going to conceal the truth from those who don't value it, and I will give the truth to my own followers. Now, when we come to the Luke passage, it's shorter. We don't get the context. And he doesn't talk about the kingdom as much as just the word of God, the message of the gospel. So it's not as related to Israel and what we would call maybe a dispensational approach. So we'll go to Luke, the shorter passage, and begin to consider what he says. I pick up in verse 4. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell uh, uh, on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop. A hundred times more than was sown. Matthew says 30, 60, 100. Luke, just 100. When he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. So you have to be careful. Parables, we always, the pat reason, here's a little story of simplicity so everybody gets it. No, he used a parabolic method with them so they wouldn't get it. That was the judgment sign. But then he goes into private time with his own because he wants them to get it. So he begins to interpret it. This is the meaning of the parable. And Matthew, they ask what the meaning is. Luke just goes right to it. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones you hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. 
But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. Now, how can you know a noble and a good heart? Their response to the Word of God, and notice the response. They hear the Word, they retain it, and they persevere, producing a crop. Let's just, first of all, get the story and what we need to know about it. Seed along the path. Let's just explain the farmer's language that Christ is using. He's talking about a man that they broadcasted their seed. They threw it uh, like this. And he's just telling a regular farmer, sower, he's sowing the seed. Well, all along the fields, uh, the people themselves cut their own trails. They didn't have many streets. They sure didn't have pavement. Uh, They walked through the fields. They had their trails. And, of course, as they walked over certain paths, it became hard pan, and it, it hardened. And so you had a hard surface that when you threw the seed, it had no ability to penetrate, and it just served as a table, as it were, for the birds of the air. And so he's throwing the seed. He's not intentionally throwing it on the path, but he's just throwing, 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 throwing. And some is going to eventually land on these pathways. So he describes that soil. It is real soil. It's real dirt. But it's in a condition not to receive seed. It's hard. It's uh, layered over. It's been trampled by many feet. And it has packed that dirt and compacted it so that this seed just bounces off of it or just lays there. No penetration. No way to germinate in the ground. Then he describes the soil that they cast seed in rocky ground. And um, I believe here, he says, it was cast on rock, singular. Palestine is full of limestone, slate, just the shelves of it that run all through the land. And what would happen many times is this limestone would protrude or, or come out in an area, and maybe two to three inches of soil would wind up on that limestone, And a seed would fall there, and all of a sudden, the rootage would spread out. Many times would grow faster than those plants that had to go deeper. But it goes down two to three inches, and guess what it hits? Limestone. Cannot penetrate. And what was really tough is by the time the sun came out in time, this root system had no way to get water. It was too shallow. And so when the sun came out, it proved there wasn't enough moisture, there wasn't enough rootage, so that like that, the sun kills it. It's no more. Then we come up to soil that had thorns. Now, it's it's obvious that the farmer didn't do this, that he comes and he sees a thorn patch, and he sees growing weeds, and he starts throwing seed there. It was not obvious what was there was nothing above ground when he's sowing here, but the thorn seeds were in the ground. They hadn't been manifested yet, because he'd be a foolish planter just to come up to 
a bunch of thistle brush or some terrible weed and, oh, I'm going to throw a lot of seed there. No, he wouldn't waste his seed that way. But the ground is cleared, obviously. But what's in that soil, as all of us who like to do a little gardening know, the rains reveal a lot more in that ground than what you planted. And weeds start coming up. And this is an area that they don't have, you know, roundup. There's no roundup on this soil. Uh, and so he finds out as the crop comes up, there's competition between the stronger native seeds that are weeds and thorns. And guess what? They choke to death the seed that was sown. It doesn't have a chance. It never comes to fruition. It wilts. He doesn't get a crop. Once again, outside influence destroys the ability of the seed. The birds and hardness destroy the first soil. The second soil, no moisture, and the sun destroy it. Here, the thorns destroy the seed, so it never has any effect. Finally, mentions good soil. And it doesn't describe what makes that up so much uh, potassium, so much of this. No, it just says the soil that's good is known by its response to the seed. It welcomes it. It holds on to it. It perseveres. And the obvious result is fruit. What does it mean? Well, the sower in the Gospels was Christ presenting a kingdom. And he's telling this parable to show why he's having such poor results. That the soil of Israel is obstinate and hard. And he cannot get a hearing among his own. They think he's a devil. He's telling them the words of eternal life. He's doing unmistakable messianic miracles. And so it has a primary application to Christ himself. How do you wind up with only 120 people in an upper room when you've healed the sick, raised the dead, fed 5,000, fed 4,000? Why in the world can't you get a bigger crowd than that? Any joker in our day can pack auditoriums. And the Son of God only gets 120 in an upper room. I don't think that's really red hot when it's God doing the preaching. But he says, the problem is not with the sower nor with the seed. It's with the hearer. I'm not getting the response from those who hear. You know, this is a big day in our culture. We're always grading preachers. They've got PowerPoint without power. Uh, we got a generation raised up on visual. They don't hear anything. You got to show me. God says, be careful how you hear. Hear. Hear what I'm saying. And so we uh, see only two kinds of soil, ultimately. One that bears fruit and three different conditions that keep this from being fruitful. So... Uh, what is it that kept the first one from being fruitful? The first soil, the pathway, they hear the word, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. What is this? It is the obstinate 
unresponsive heart that's close enough to the sowing process that the seed falls on their life, but it never penetrates their life so as to produce a crop. Uh, It's kids that go to Christian schools who never get saved. It's preacher's kids who grow up in church and never get saved. It's missionary kids. It's people that some way will come to church. I don't know why anybody would come to church who is not a Christian, but I have pastored long enough to know many come that have never believed. We had a man in this church. He attended, I think, um, I would say at least 15 years. He attended on Sundays, morning and night. He attended a home Bible study, and his constant answer was, but I don't believe it. Finally was stung by a bee, and we did his funeral as he died, and he died saying, I don't believe it. So every sermon was a waste. Every lesson was a waste. Every service he attended was a waste. I think he came for social reasons. Obviously, his kids were here. But what a pitiful thing to sit under the hearing of the word. The, and, and here's a common thing. I hear people say, you know, and, and don't, don't quit doing this, but there's this kind of, I enjoyed the sermon. I want to ask, did you hear the message? Do you believe it? Have you embraced it? You don't need to brag on the sowers. If we just had a better sower, we'd get saved. Our preacher just doesn't sow as good. He does it with his left hand instead of his right. I've never seen a day when so many people are church shopping and not growing as today. I like this church because it's got great music. This church has got a great singles group. This group's got a great nursery. You know what? The problem with are you great soil? Can you grow? You can grow under all kinds of sowing if you're under the sowing. But he's saying here, the devil comes in and he snatches that word. And what's an amazing thing, to those who have a hard heart and to those who have learned to harden themselves to the sowing process, it will not take over 15 minutes out of this building and they will forget what happened. They may even forget the wooing of the Spirit, and they can't wait until they plunge into the Super Bowl. And they'll remember stats and scores and victories as though their life depended on it, but during the sowing, nothing penetrates. Thus, they perish. It it is a heartbreak to see this go on. McGee tells the story of a West Texas uh, man that his wife was a Christian. They had twin girls, were churchgoers, but the, the dad was obstinate. He did not want to come. He, matter of fact, he was a rather vile kind of a man. He kind of buffooned Christianity. Get out of here with that. That's for uh, women and children. Kept doing that until a horrendous fire broke out in West Texas at a school as he's driving his pickup one day, he's listening to the news, and he hears about the signal going on about this school. Well, his two daughters happen to be at that school. He goes there, and they are wheeled out dead, have been perished in this fire. Pastor visits the home. This man is mad. He is angry. He's disgusted. He doesn't want to hear a thing. Goes on. 
the pastors rudely put out of the house. No opening here. And a few months later, the man's wife dies all of a sudden. Pastor goes back to the home. This time he finds a broken, weeping man. And he says to the pastor, I've lost everything I loved in this life. And this preacher says, did you know God's been trying to get to you for years through your wife and through your children? And as the man wept, he said, I knew God wanted me, but I didn't know he wanted me this bad. Some of you are so stubborn, the only way God will ever get you is maybe destroy everything around you or bring enough pain to you that you'll realize you're a man or a woman that's never left the Word of God in your heart. You've been around the church. You've been around the message. You memorize the songs. You memorize, oh, you get all sentimental about amazing grace and further along. And, uh, you know, well, the circle be unbroken. But you're not in the circle because the seed has never penetrated your heart so as to embrace its message and its Savior. Then there is the shallow hearer, the limestone, the rocky stone, shallow superficial, quick response. I want Jesus. Sprout up like that plant that just overnight sprouts up. He said, now this is a crop. Wait a minute. Give it a little time. Time will show. And pretty soon the sun comes out and there's no reserves for the roots. There's no way to get water. They can't go deeper. There's no streams. They just got this slab of rock. And no moisture. And zoop, it's gone. Jesus was saying, I've got many superficial listeners to my message. They gather in multitudes when, I, when they're hungry. I can get a crowd. Sometimes I have to get on a boat so I can teach them the sermon. I can get a crowd. I can heal somebody and get a crowd. And everybody says, oh, you're, you're Hosanna, Hosanna. You're the king of Israel. You're the Messiah. They did that one week before they begin to scream, crucify him, crucify him. We'd rather have Barabbas, a known murderer, than to have this man rule over us. In a week, they changed their mind. How can you do that? Or in John 6, when he fed the multitude, then he began to give that great, great description. I am the bread from heaven. I am the bread of life. And after he gave that message, he said, many went from him to follow him no more. And he turned to Peter, will you also leave me? Do you want to bail out? And Peter made that marvelous comment, oh Lord, to whom could we go? Only you have the words of eternal life. Only you. That you might grow in Christ and find encouragement in the day-to-day lives that we lead as believers in Christ. It is a challenge to live in a dead and dying world, is it not? Especially knowing heaven awaits us. So it is a delight to be able to come to you on a daily basis and provide you with this encouragement from God's Word as we teach and train and, and preach the gospel of Christ for the glory of God and your good. This is Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard, taking us to God's Word that we might be mutually edified in grace. 
If you have questions or comments about the broadcast, maybe you would like to hear the program again. We have a couple of ways that you can reach us. The easiest, of course, is our phone number, 855-833-9864. If you would rather visit our website and work through the website, you can do so, truthfortodayradio.org. A lot of resource materials available there. Besides our podcasts, you'll also take advantage of the many other resources, books, and materials. It's all at truthfortodayradio.org. You can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is our zip code. And as we conclude our time today, we would invite you to link arms with us financially and prayerfully. These programs come to you on a daily basis, and even our extended resource materials found at our website are available as you link arms with us, partnering with us financially and prayerfully. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Please consider how you might come alongside and partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the greater Bay Area. We'd love to hear from you. Here's that phone number once again, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. And our website, you can securely give a donation there as well, truthfortodayradio.org. And then we would also invite you to join us for worship. If you are not involved in a fellowship near you, consider this an official invitation to join us here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. For directions and information, you can visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, call 855-833-9864. And then would you please mention that you were invited by the radio broadcast to one of our ushers. It would mean a great deal to us. Whether you visit us in person or simply stop by our website or listen to us here on the radio, we hope to see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.